0: Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian. And once again, I get to continue the tradition of having old school friends of the show on the show. Right now, I am very excited to once again announce Dawson Schultz of the Ongoing Concept. Dawson, man, how are you doing
1: today? Doing good, Ian. Thanks for having me on. Uh it's been a it's been a few years, but it's yeah. uh, definitely and, and chatting and hanging out.
0: No, man, thank you so much
1: for doing this. Obviously,
0: the band just put out their new album again. I mean, it's it's been six years. We're going to talk music, but we're going to talk a lot of other things. But I think the, the thing I wanted to just say right away is I honestly didn't know if you were ever coming back. <laughs> like, I thought you might have, not just like stopping music in general, but I didn't know if the ongoing concept was going to be back. And after six years now having this new album. I know you worked on it, you know, previously it's not like you just started working on it and it came out. But did you ever have that feeling too that you were
1: just done? Uh I I think I always thought that we would probably come back at some point. I but there was a few times where I wasn't really sure, but I I think it came down to um I needed to figure out my life first before I even focused on even thinking about the idea of of doing something again mm-hmm. a lot of times well for me i i don't really know i don't really know what what i would do besides the ongoing concept as far as music stuff goes like i don't think another adventure would make sense uh, in certain ways because every time i'm writing anything personal it's always like this would be an amazing ongoing concept song ah. so it's hard for me to like think of doing like some sort of side project I've never really thought about it so for me it was more like if if I'm going to do music again it's going to be the ongoing concept again because mm-hmm. it's like that's just how I roll and I think that's how my my whole band all my brothers and, and T- I know Parker and TJ had a little side project for a second but I think at the end of the day we all are like the ongoing concept is kind of like our entity and There's not really any side project that we would want to do because all those side projects could fit into the the umbrella of what the ongoing concept is. So it was basically like it's either going to be the ongoing concept or it's never going to be music at all. And we'll just find other passions, which we all have other passions at this point. So,
0: right. You have full lives. You have so many things. I mean, when we talked last time, you've talked about other hobbies and and whatnot. And obviously, the rest of the band has that, too. So, yeah, that that definitely makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, for for a while there it was like every it was every fathom of my being was being in this band. And and I woke up every morning, you know, like not knowing who I would be if if the band like didn't exist. And so when it stopped being a thing, I had to learn how to um find like a find like something else to fulfill that passion of mine, and I did and 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 now I can actually you know go back into writing music and being in this band, but not fully feel like I have to be this is like the only thing that is my identity. There's many other aspects to my life now that are very important if and and more important than this band, uh, and it never used to be that way. so it's it's a healthy it's a healthy approach to to coming back, I think, and all all the rest of the guys are in the same in the same boat. so it's just it's all around very healthy. Absolutely, man. That's, that's a great way to look at it. I
0: think I feel the same when it comes to podcasting. You know, I've been doing this for over 10 years. I think it's coming up on like 15 to 17 or so somewhere around there, but this isn't my job. This is something I do because I enjoy talking to people like yourself. So for me, it's, it's great to be able to schedule these. I get excited. I get to talk to someone who's interesting and then I get to share that passion of music and the, and the passion of what we do with others, which is great, but it's not my whole entire life. It's not everything I do. So I can depressurize a little bit with, which I think is exactly what you did.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it, it and i i I've been saying this a lot with other people I've been chatting with mm-hmm. um this release is like I think bands, especially bands that are younger uh between the ages of a lot of these bands start out pretty pretty young, like you know seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty it's not it's not unheard of to hear bands be very young when they start touring and getting big um but the the eighteen to twenty five range is a very very vital important. Um, time of your life mm-hmm. and it can kind of shape. I mean, every part of your life can shape who you are, but it is a very intense part of your life because you're trying to find your identity, you know, graduating high school and then moving into adulthood and career mode is incredibly scary and daunting. And I think a lot of times these bands find themselves with a lot of mental health um stuff going on due to a lot of anxiety and depression and just constantly feeling like they have to stay relevant and those are like the most unhealthy things to have during those that state of your life and i think every band would benefit from taking a hiatus or just finding another passion outside of of being in the band unfortunately with how low attention span our society is these days taking a break is almost is is almost going to always be detrimental to the cause because you're going to lose relevance if you don't keep posting every single day but I just feel like so many bands are constantly battling these these problems and it's like these people like fans expect a band to come to their town every other month or some stupid shit like that and Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know I just think that it's incredibly healthy to step away from music entirely and find something that if the band were to break up tomorrow you would still be happy with life and uh, a lot of these guys do not know what that feels like and i feel bad for them because it's it's a it's a growing problem right yeah i and i think for you when we talk about you in general as well
0: when i look at the ongoing concept i've always seen you guys kind of outside of that realm even though you used to you know you were at one time from like what was it 2010 2011 putting out eps and then full lengths every 2 years or so So you were there all the time and you were touring and you were constantly in the scene. But I never I guess it was it was especially after I talked to you that last time that I solidified that feeling that you guys did things different, that you were outside of that normal realm of scene music and that you would be able to take a break, get your life into whatever state you wanted it to be in and then come back and do something. And that's that's kind of why I said what I said at the beginning was that I figured you guys had so many hobbies and you wanted to get your lives a certain way that you might not even bother coming back to music because you had so much other fulfillment in other areas of your life.
1: Yeah. I mean that's a good observation. I think we um I think once we started writing music though, again, mm-hmm. uh realize like how much we missed it and i mean music's been a part of our lives since we were kids i mean you, you've seen you've probably seen the unwanted music video like my dad is right there right playing and jamming with us you know um all those little vhs clips are you know from like 1994 and it's the second we were born you know my dad my dad's a drummer and my mom's you know plays piano and stuff and like we grew up with music from day one we don't really know what people have asked me a lot like when when did you realize you wanted to be a musician and I'm like I didn't I don't really know like that's like asking when did you know you wanted to walk <laughs> that really translate for me I've always been around it so much that it's just so like ingrained in my soul that I don't know anything else but music Um, but at the same time I've learned how to appreciate other things as well so yeah we do have a lot of hobbies but once we started writing and creating together and realizing how how fresh and organic it felt it felt very much like when we were writing uh, our EPs and our and saloon because at that time we weren't signed it wasn't a business at the time it was just a passion of ours and we loved it the whole time once we got signed and it became a job touring leaving leaving the area for months at a time um that was then a business and we did taxes and our band i mean it's still a business but it, but, it went went. the passion was lost we were just doing it because you have to do it and you have to work uh but this time around now that we took a break and came back to it it felt very fresh but i think it's cool because we, we it's fresh and i still feel like it feels fresh like i think that we just know how to separate ourselves from it better because we're older and now we can just really appreciate doing it even if we're not touring a whole lot these days uh even if like our band doesn't become huge or anything like that we still just have a good time doing it and and it's just fun and that's something that i haven't felt in like over a decade so it's super super freaking awesome
0: that's awesome man i I really appreciate hearing that. And I can, I can almost hear it in your voice a little bit how much happy you are. And I think, you know, that's probably not only just music, but I think it's probably life as well. By the way, before we continue, I just want to mention the reason why you don't hear me either uh, nodding approval or, you know, going uh-huh or, or laughing as much is because I notice that when you're talking and then I say something, it almost cuts your mic off. So I'm going to try not to completely interrupt unless there's something that I want to talk about, but I'm going to try and keep the, you know, the agreements and whatnot, uh, a little bit less than I normally do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I, I don't really notice it on my end. Um, I don't know if it's just how the recording is. I, I haven't had anyone tell me that before. I don't know if it's, let me make sure that I'm actually recording with my SM7B. Yeah, I definitely am. Okay. I
0: think that's a feature of the mic. I could be wrong because on my end, so I, I just recorded a bunch of shows where this definitely didn't happen, but I don't think that they had the same type of mic setup that you have. And I think that there's a, there's a mode on that end that almost that cuts off specifically for that reason is so that you're not talking over somebody, but it doesn't work in this situation when we have two tracks. I don't know how to turn it off anyway. So, I just figured I'd give you the heads up, and that way people know also who are listening, you know, this is why I'm not chiming in as much. You see what I mean? I think it's whatever works, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> see, right there, when I started laughing as you were talking, it completely cut you off.
1: Like, on the recording? Because I still heard you laughing. On oh, my end.
0: yeah. On the recording, completely cut you off. Like, both of our tracks are still recording, but it cut off the audio from your side. That's ah, so weird. Huh. Okay. So, I figured I just I just mentioned it. <laughs> so people weren't like, why is Ian talking over Dawson? We want to hear him talk. So.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, good good catch. I'm glad that you caught that.
0: Oh yeah, no worries. Uh So anyways, we'll we'll get back to some of the stuff that we were talking about. You had mentioned, you know, going off and really fulfilling more of what you wanted to do. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you got Did you get married in 2021?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. yeah November. Oh, sorry. October 16th of no, of 2021. Very right? nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to check. <laughs> 2021, right? When we got married. Yeah. Okay. It's just like the, the years go by so fast. And, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, it's like before you know it, it's the whole year's gone by. So, yeah, it was 2021.
0: Well, very nice. Well, first of all, congrats. Thanks. And then the other part of that is, is that kind of one of the things, that made you feel a little bit more fulfilled with life in general compared to putting everything you had into music?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very, I was kind of a negative, bitter piece of shit. Um, <laughs> probably when I talked to you last, I was very elitist and negative. And it's because it's like, you know, I, I could see the plateau and the decline of, of the ongoing concept kind of going down due to the fact that the guys weren't really in it. And also financially, I just, I couldn't really support myself and support the band anymore. I needed to, I needed to get a job like bands just don't make a lot of money and uh th- you know most bands are always side hustling on the side to try to make things work unless they have rich parents which a lot of bands do right. it's, it's surprise when you hear that you know someone in the band has a loaded family uh it's just a thing but I don't have that option uh, my parents are very very supportive uh they help as much as they possibly can but you know at the end of the day they're not they're not anything like super rich or anything like that. So they're not forking out sprinter vans and shit for me. Um, like, so (laughs) (laughs) what I'm saying right now is incredibly negative and, and, uh, uh, kind of defeating the whole point of what I was trying to say. But, um, yeah, I I was pretty negative back then. And, uh, I met Emily in like 2018 and she's just been like the best thing for me, uh, change. And that's the cool thing about her too, is that she, didn't even know that I was really in a band for a while. And if she did, she didn't really give two shits about me being in a band. So our relationship was organic and she just liked me for who I was as a person. And that was awesome because I feel like some people will just want to date you for what you are. And, uh, I don't know. It just felt very sincere. And, uh, she also wasn't afraid to call me out on my bullshit, and that was incredibly important for me because I needed to, I needed to learn to grow up a little bit and get outside of of my ways. And so it was just all around such a positive um, thing. And I am I'm very happy it, it it all went the way it did. And he, you know, here we are, married, and my relationship with my brothers is better than it ever has been. There's just a lot of positives that came from all of that and taking a break from the band was obviously a huge part of it too. It was just taking a break, finding, um, you know, meeting Emily. Uh, and then also I, uh, got a really cool job at, it's a mental health company called integrated interventions. And we, we focus on custom fit treatment for young adults who have, um, just mental health issues, I guess you could say, and kind of focus on, um building them and getting them into the community so uh i have been working there for 4 years now and i started out as a mentor and you know working with them like simple things you know it could be just trying to get them a job it could even be just getting them to uh do their own laundry because they've uh, they don't know how to do that a lot of them come from wealthier families it's a private program uh it's, it's not exactly like cheap to put your put your child in this but They, it was 24, often 24 7 care all around the clock, focusing on just building them up and getting them, you know, to integrate with society in a positive way. So I did that for like two and a half years as a mentor. And this was like 2019, 2020, 2021. Then I actually got, I actually switched over and now I just do all their marketing and all their multimedia. So I'm building the company up from within, uh, on the multimedia marketing side, which is really cool, but I'm very passionate about mental health and passionate about this company. And so that's a big part of it too, As I just, I have a full other career outside of this band that is fulfills me a lot. And I love, I love it, man. That is, yeah,
0: that's, that's really great, man. I, I wanted to jump in there, but like I said, I didn't want to, I was fiddling around with the, uh, with the zoom settings to try and see if there was anything I could do there. Uh, but there wasn't. So anyways, we'll, we'll move on. But that is really great to hear that you were able to find that type of passion. Have you ever thought, I mean, I, I know maybe, you know, maybe it sounds pretentious. I, I don't know. But have you thought about the people that you also help with the type of music that you made over the years as well? Because obviously it is, uh, you know, when we talk about mental health, it's it's a widespread thing. It's something that has really come to light over the pandemic, obviously. But with you helping people directly with that and
1: then maybe indirectly with your music, have you thought about that as well? I mean, I've heard a lot of people tell me that like, our music has positively helped them through some tough times. I think, though, I don't ever really... I don't really ever like look at our music as a healing component. I just I never really think about it that way. I oftentimes feel like I'm not I don't listen to a music a lot. So for me, I'm I don't have a story to empathize with someone that says, Oh, I me- I remember yeah, I have a song that changed my life or helped or saved my life or this and that. I don't have any story like that. Similar to Christianity, like people will often say that, you know, God did this crazy thing to them and I don't have anything like that cuz I have never felt God personally the way that a lot of Christians will claim or have that story that changed their life like I don't have those things so it's hard for me to understand but I will say yeah I <clears throat> I definitely find myself um you know being able to talk to people at shows and being a personal one-on-one communicator and I feel like that those interactions will put a positive light on something um I feel also like when I was on tour, cause this is the thing I, I, I started doing this job because I felt when I was on tour a lot, I was almost like a, like a therapist for a lot of the bands that we were touring with. That <laughs> they very loose therapist. I'm not licensed. So I can't really say that word. Right. Um, not, but uh, I just found myself having to kind of be like a medium for people to kind of talk to and listen and like, just give them my two cents on life and i did that a lot like there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of anxiety and and shit going on in behind the scenes of any tour package most people probably don't know that they probably think everyone's just having a jolly old time but Mm -hmm. in everyone's away from home no one's really happy like everyone's just the only time they're happy is is i don't even know when a lot of times (laughs) just uh i feel like i was kind of helping people through that type of stuff too. but yeah anyways to answer your actual question, I love that people find something out of our music. We try to stay metaphorical with our lyrics. we mm-hmm. try to do this um, and if people really get something out of it and really feel something that changes their life in some sort of way, that is incredibly humbling and cr- incredibly cool to hear. but I never write music for that part. Uh, I don't know if bands do like is that a thing? Do bands actually write music in hopes that people will like? I don't know. Uh, I think so. I got to say, I mean, from what I'm
0: seeing now in the scene, I really do think that and I don't I don't necessarily think it's trying to capitalize on it. I think, though, that so many people now realize that if they sing about things that are depressing to them or obstacles that they've had to face or, you know, whatever they want to Showcase in their music that they've overcome or that's still bothering them, trying to find solutions to those issues. I think that that is now more commonplace in in especially certain larger bands in the scene than party music and necessarily singing about, you know, the the one that got away or something. So I would say i think I mean, there are multiple bands now that the big thing for them, is everyone's like, oh, listen to this band because they make you cry. And I, I do think that that's very strange. That's a strange way to say you should like a band because they make you cry. But if it's helping you with, with certain situations in your life and it makes you feel more positive, even though you know, you're know you crying out that emotion and maybe it's depressing feeling, then I guess that's good, right? I mean, I, I think, but I also do think that's a huge part of the scene right now.
1: I have this uh, sound machine that I just got in the mail like 15 minutes before um, this interview, and I'm going to play it. <laughs> I think half that's bullshit, honestly. Just write fucking music that you want to fucking play. Right. Don't try to do that shit. I mean, in in some sense, um, I guess, I guess, but uh, I, I just don't like, I really like authenticity, and sometimes I just... I roll my eyes when I see people like writing songs to 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 um feed into the problem at hand. Mental health is huge right now. People talk about it all the time. And if you're writing a song just to fulfill that market place, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not really how I go. And that's not how my band is. My band is very, very authentic. Yes. We really Mm -hmm. like songs that we enjoy songs that we really like and yes there are some songs that are very emotional like our song falling again it's telling a story and we've told the story on all four of our albums now it's a continuation it's a four part story at the end of the day and it talks about some really difficult um if god exists if god doesn't exist kind of should i kill myself should i not type stuff like there's some heavy things and those lyrics and 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 if there's any song that we really get emotional about it it would be those four tracks the four the last tracks of the four albums that we've done are very like lyrically emotional um but that's because it's a story that we ourselves are telling now we're not we're not trying to to make anyone cry on purpose um but if you do feel something then that's awesome cuz we felt something when doing it so right i don't know i mean it just it just comes down to uh, is the band um a market like basically a, uh, what's the freaking word? Like they're just taking advantage of the, of the trend sure. or is it? And it actually just really enjoys writing music that they really enjoy. And I'm not trying to say the one's better than the other, but we are definitely the latter. We just write songs that we really like to listen to. And we do care that people like them because we definitely don't want to write shit music, but <laughs> we all don't, if people don't like it then that's okay because we really just enjoy listening to it as well. Yeah. And I that sound, yeah. sounds pretentious. Um sorry to cut you off. Yeah. It sounds pretentious because um we we a lot of us don't listen to music. Like we just don't. Like my my brother Kyle literally doesn't listen to music. I rarely listen to music. Um I think Parker and TJ probably listen to the most music and then Andy I don't think really listens to a lot of music either. So when we write our music we're actually writing songs that we ourselves would want to hear. And it's such a pretentious way to say, because it, it's like, oh, I just, my music's so good that I actually listen to it. No, no, it's just, <laughs> we just don't listen to a lot of music. So when we do write it, we want it to be something that we would be pleasantly stoked to listen to ourselves. <laughs> so I don't know. No, I, I totally get it. I think I think
0: we hit on this when we talked before as well. On one, one of the multiple parts that we did when we talked, I think we did talk about enjoying, like, you not listening to music that often and really enjoying what you make as a band and I think that's extremely important I think the whole part of being genuine and man I that if there was a drinking game for the amount of times I said genuine on the show recently people would not survive because I also took a break not to make this about myself I took a break from podcasting when I was doing the move from Boston to Austin and you were absolutely right you know when you're not posting every day when you're not making shows you know your interest level always drops because of people's attention spans and When I decided to come back and start making everything again, I really wanted to focus on bands that I felt were genuine. And I had bands on that don't necessarily make the type of music that I like in the scene. I had them on because I really wanted to see is this person genuine with not only their personality, but with the type and style of music? that they make, because it does seem like in this scene, and this does not apply to you guys whatsoever, because your music is extremely unique in the scene, but there are so many other bands that follow these extreme trends, and I get it, you want to, you know, you, in a lot of cases, you want the audience to give you money and to go see your shows, and but if you're not genuine with it, Why would I listen? Why would anyone really listen? I I would think that most people would be able to tell that you're not being genuine with your music. But I think some of the biggest bands in the scene are absolutely not genuine and are only following trends to get that popularity.
1: Yeah. I mean, some do get big off of authenticity. But yeah, you are right. And, you know, I've had this discussion a lot. And it's like, I'm starting to realize that longevity is really like what I cherish. The fact that we're over a decade old, we have four albums out now. We're technically still a band. Um, I I think I think the fact that we've kind of just stayed true to ourselves and, and what we do and really love what we do and kind of just do things ourselves, like DIY, uh, for so long... I think after a while, it's it it speaks volumes. I think people really start to appreciate that, uh, and the people that I would want to play in front of tend to come out and appreciate it as well. Mm-hmm. And we might not, might never be the biggest band in the world, but what ends up happening, I've noticed, is these bands they'll go from zero to a hundred like overnight, and sure they'll get they'll get big, but I've noticed like a lot of those bands don't, they they either break up after a certain amount of time because they decline and they say, screw it. Um, internally, they might not be doing good either. Uh, or they, I don't know. I, I don't really don't know what I'm trying to say. I just <laughs> feel like there's bands that do pop off really quick, uh, but they t- they'd really struggle to stay at that level that they were when they, up from that trend right and I thats the test of time for them and I think more often than not they oftentimes call it quits because they just can't make that same amount of money and they're never going to be like that big again and then they're always going to be the band that did that one thing that one time and we have that too like we have cover girl like cover girls are banjo song like a lot of people are attached to that but I think that we've been able to separate ourselves enough with all of our other things we're not like skyrocketing quickly, but I, I I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, a lot of bands are just like Bitcoin. And then I feel like (laughs) weird, I don't know, investing in like a bunch of, uh, like, it's a slow game, you know, Right. I should be talking about stocks. I know nothing about them, but like, I guess we're like silver. Like we, we invest, uh, we're like silver. Like it, it's a slow grow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I, I like that analogy. And yeah, I, I, I know you you don't listen to a whole lot of music in the scene, and that's, that's absolutely true. What I would say also on top of that is not only do you see the bands go away, right, they're, you know, they, they go away, some of them go away and do something similar to what you did, but then they come back because of nostalgia or something like that. But then, what also happens is you'll get bands that were big for that certain reason and then what they do is they completely change and follow the trend of extremely poppy, you know, not not just auto-tuned, but processed, go into rap or new metal or complete pop-pop, I guess is what you would call it, but they're still considered a scene band. That's when it's hard for me to believe that they're being genuine, but there definitely are some, because some want the challenge, some want to change, you know, what they are and everything, and that's just the way they end up doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's only... I really only think there's one band that's been able to do it correctly, and that's Bring Me the Horizon. I think I, I don't know how you feel about them, but I ever since the, um, the album before Sent which was, uh, there's a heaven. Yeah. Or the, that album was when I realized that they were a band that was going to consistently get more poppy each at record. And that was before Eternal came out. And then Eternal came out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's t- it, it. It happened. I was like, Ollie's probably going to start singing, and, he, and then he did. Mm-hmm. And and the next album was even more poppy. And like, they're basically just a straight pop band. And like, it. But I feel like they have also destroyed the market because every band is trying to do what they're yes. doing. Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible like paramore did their thing and then every girl that tried to be in a rock band sounds like paramore or they did you know mm-hmm. And like there was no and i feel bad because the um uh i feel like the timbre of women's vocals are sometimes harder to differentiate or uh they're, differentiate I feel like, uh, yeah like they're, they're they're a higher register so yeah. you're dealing, um you're dealing with a lot less, less frequencies to provide timbre uh for your vocals and i think that's why men oftentimes like they sound a lot different, and you can like tell different people apart. There are a lot of guys that sound exactly the same. But what I'm trying to say is, unfortunately, it sucked for a lot of uh, fr- women frontman bands because uh, they all sounded like Haley Williams. And um, I, I feel like the same with Bring the Horizon. Like Ollie yeah. used that style, and then everyone copied it, and then now everyone sounds like that. And but then you could even say that that uh, Lincoln Park was the one that did that because bringing the horizon basically just sounds like lincoln park at the end of the day too so it's like where does it actually start i don't right. know but you get what i'm trying to say they started at a very heavy heavy spot when they first started and they progressed suicide season was really heavy oh yeah and then that album and then seven eternal was like totally like more poppy and now here we are it's like this totally different band and i really really appreciate that and I've always wanted to go in that direction in a way. Like I always want to progress, but I don't want to do it as a gimmick. I want it to be authentic and real. And I feel like Bring the Horizon, love them or hate them, they did it in a way that if you were to actually line up the first track of each record that they have done, the progression is actually a lot less um, jarring than you would assume, and it's a lot less jarring than how other bands are doing yes. it. Some bands completely brutal and the next album they're straight pop and it's like what the hell there's no in between it just went from blue to red or red to blue you know what i mean so Mm -hmm.
0: um, i don't know i don't know no that's that's a very good way to put it you know i never i never thought about it as i i really like that idea of taking the, the first track of every bring me the horizon album and really dissecting that because yeah the way i always looked at it was like I, I love Sempaternal. I think it's great. But it is, it's poppy post-hardcore. Their lyrics are biting, but they still have all that pop melody. And that was my that was my cutoff point of where like I was like, this is good for me. But I do wonder, I I wonder what that would sound like. That's a really good way of bringing that up. But and I do believe that they are one of the, I guess, more genuine ones. But then when I hear the lyrical content of their newer material. I find that to be less genuine because it's going way more in that pop, you know, side of things where if you look back to their old albums, you know, they were they were blunt a lot of times for sure, but they weren't preachy bubblegum like they are in their new stuff and I find it hard to
1: believe that they changed that much, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that lyrically I don't even know like that's the thing I don't really listen to lyrics a whole lot uh, on oh. band. <laughs> um I don't really know like a lot of their lyrical content but um I mean I think a lot of times pop as soon as you get into like the more poppy stuff your lyrics are always going to take a uh a, a toll right. um I just don't really know a lot of pop bands that actually can have meaningful lyrics because it's not at the end of the day when it comes to when it comes to lyrics in pop music it's actually not about the lyrics anymore. It's actually about the phrasing. It's about how it sounds. It's about how it flows, and if about the rhyming. But the rhyming needs to sound correct. And so, what ends up happening is you find yourself writing dumbed down lyrics to actually support the melody, opposed to um, the melody supporting the lyrics. Which is why a lot of bands, like for example, I'm just thinking of a band like a lot of Dispute A lot of dispute can Incredibly meaningful songs because there's no melody to go by. They don't need to actually have something catchy in your head. The catchiness comes from maybe the lyrics themselves, and so it's a different approach to songwriting. And so for someone like Bring the Horizon, when it's just all screaming like Suicide Season, you can basically scream whatever you want. You can make the lyrics incredibly deep and meaningful, but as soon as you bring the pop element in, now it's about bringing in all of that um, melody. Into uh, the song, and that's where we completely take a shit. <laughs> Am I Perfect. wrong? I,
0: no, I you're. Think you're yeah. ab- no, you're absolutely right. Look, "Call Me Maybe" is one of the biggest pop songs. Does that have actual lyrical, uh, like <laughs> actual strong lyrical meaning? No, it, it doesn't. But that's one of the reasons why screamo and post hardcore took off the way they did. Is because I mean, think about uh fellow label mates, you know, Silent Planet, right? They are making some catchy stuff, but that lyrical content is there because of the style that they're utilizing. So yeah, that that absolutely makes sense.
1: Yeah. And and Silent Planet's an interesting one. And I'm sometimes surprised that they're not bigger for it. It's because I don't know why they're not bigger. I feel like I mean, they're they're huge. They're like cult huge. Like yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Garrett many times about how how impressed and how cool it is that they're as culty as they are. Is that's what I've always wanted, and I, I hope we achieve that similar thing with our band. Is I I don't need to have the biggest Spotify numbers in the world, but if I can sell out a venue because we have diehard fans, like to me that that means more. And I think that actually, and I think that just means more all around. But Silent Planet's interesting in the sense that Garrett is able to provide a lot of the lyrical concepts in their, in their music uh, and then the singing can kind of override the lyrical content and become the catchiness that needs to happen mm-hmm. uh has a very good way of speaking uh quickly and to the point but incredibly metaphorically and uh, emotionally mm-hmm. like he's very gifted at writing lyrics, he's awesome at it. So Silent Planet really fits a mold that he's got all of that really, really like heartfelt stuff. But then the the singing and the choruses can come in and kind of dumb down the song enough to like provide a catchy, a catchy melody that will get stuck in your head. And I mean, I, I, a lot of bands do it, but I just think they do it pretty, pretty well. For anyone that's really into that lyrical stuff, like it's it's great. I love what they do.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's something that I've always also enjoyed about the ongoing concept as well. One of my favorite things to do is to get lost. That's why I I have a little trouble still with, you know, single releases because I, I know that's the way everyone's going. It's, hey, let's just keep on releasing singles, but not have, you know, it's not a pun, but to have an overall concept of something, let's just put single out after single. I really love taking an album, listening straight through and reading the lyrics along with the music. To me, normally, especially with the type of music I like, I want those lyrics to have meaning. Not only do I want them to obviously, you know, you can turn a phrase and you have that special melody and everything, but I like a story being told. I like the metaphors that can come from them. That's one of my favorite parts of it.
1: I I completely agree. I'm kind of, I mean... I like that vinyl exists uh, in the sense that I, I really hope people take our record and listen to it from front to back. But Spotify, unfortunately really has ruined that idea. And it sucks because it's like, it's really interesting to see people reacting to our song. And our first track of the song uh, is, is a soundscape. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's not a song, it's not really a song, but it's a track. Right. And that's, that's, a lot of bands used to have tracks that weren't anything. They were soundscapes or they were little melodies that kind of fit an in-between section. And that was how songs, and that's how the idea of an album was, was it was you it was you telling a story in a, a, a certain amount of tracks. And now you're supposed to tell a story within one track and it doesn't make any sense to me. And it really bums me out that people are commenting on some of the songs I mean like, this song doesn't even have any lyrics. It's just like a, a weird little like <laughs> scene. It's like, yeah, because that's how records were like made. I mean, I'm not like, like, I don't, I don't think you would enjoy it if you just watched like Iron Man and Thanos battle with no context, like <laughs> story. Here, like listen the whole thing all the from front to back. You don't just watch the I mean you do watch the fight scenes of movies, but at the same time you actually want to see the story unfold right. and my music is an album. So yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of the single thing. I understand it's needed for the Spotify numbers to stay relevant, which I think is the dumbest one of the dumbest things to gauge how big a band is. Yes. Or how I think it's I think it's accurate in some ways, but I think it really is not fair. Because these playlists that will get you on and you you start to realize how much of the back end and the red tape and the behind the scenes shit that's going on to get these bands on playlists. And you go, oh, wow, it's all fixed.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like radio. It's like like, it's exactly what radio used to be.
1: I think uh it was
0: exactly.
1: Yep. It's freaking illegal to be doing that. And it, it pisses me off you can pay someone to put your band on a playlist like that because that was not allowed and still is not allowed on radio. I know people still do it, but still it's like I think that idea is the whole the whole thing is just complete shit. And I I liked I kind of felt like 2010 to 2015 was like the wild west of music because there was an it was an in-between stage. There was radio was basically kind of dead. Because people now had iTunes, but Spotify hadn't really come into the ring yet, and so then you had this torrenting ring of people that were torrenting albums so you could get them for free, and there was all these battle, like all these these weird competing things that kind of like made music really like wild western. Like you, it was like a free for all of like how you obtain music, and I think that was one of the coolest times to be in the music industry was when. No one knew what was actually like gonna work, and then Spotify comes in and just completely like, kind of, demolishes all of that. Now everything's kind of just conjoined into one thing, yes. and I, I think it's kind of cool, like to an extent. Like I get it, but I really miss those days. And then I'm guessing, I'm sure everyone that's older than me would say, "Oh, I really miss before the internet was even around." I mean, sure, <laughs> I'm sure, but I I do feel like there was a very cool part of the early 2010s that was just like that's the pinnacle of like you could be anything you wanted to be because everyone was just there's no there's nothing to like rule you it was just what you
0: wanted to do is cool kind of a cool thing that i that i used to like to do and that it is one of the features that i do enjoy about spotify is like familiar or not familiar but similar artists right you know in spotify i could listen to you and then i could scroll down i could be like oh These bands might have some, they're not going to sound exactly like you, but there are elements of what you do in what they do. And I remember in those, you know, 2010, you know, 2009, 2010, stuff like that, going to like Smart Punk and Merch Now and finding, you know, bands that I've never heard of, but I know what category of music they are and just buying those albums for five bucks or whatever and getting that music. And being extremely excited when something hit, when something really got you, that was that awesome moment. And I think that's what you're talking about too in that time of like when you were able to download music, you could download something that would blow your mind and it would open up an entire new genre to you. And then you'd go see the band live and then you'd go see other bands live because you saw that. So I, I do like that perspective. Of that kind of thing. Because, yeah, Spotify, even though it is great to have every single piece of music at your hands, and when a band releases a new album on a Friday or whatever, it's awesome to have it right there. But there is something to be said about having to work for that music and to discover something that other people might not know and then
1: share that with others. I think 100%. I actually miss. I miss the days. I miss multiple things from back in the day. (laughs) But one thing I do miss too is those, the big, you know, the big case of just CD writables that you would have in your car of music that you found. And like I would go to high school and I would be hanging out with my friends and we'd be sharing, you know, CDRs of bands that we had found randomly. And that was how you found stuff. And it felt so much more organic and and tangible it felt physical and tangible and now it just feels like everything is so accessible i was actually i had this discussion i know this is this actually jumping to a weird whole different thing but do it was when i so we got our album mixed by josh schrader who he he's done like lorna shore and king eight one oh yeah king king eight ten yeah and he did the last a Shore record. Um, he's done a bunch of cool bands. He did the Tala record that came out, I think, last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, I was chilling with him uh, in Michigan. We were chatting, and he brought up, he's like, he loves technology. Him and his wife love technology. And I'm kind of a technology guy, too, but I also hate it. And he was he was talking about how it would be so sick if we could just Travel wherever we wanted to. We just instantly could just go to our little beam station and go to any place in the world and just be there instantly. Um, and I don't know where the conversation came from, but I was like, do you think that people would actually travel if they could go anywhere at any time? Hmm. And I and the it was it was the conversation of look how many people have Google right on their fingertips and they still freaking don't even look up shit. Right. Like can literally look up anything they want, and they are too lazy to. And so I'm like, I honestly think that if we had the accessibility to just travel anywhere, we actually wouldn't even go anywhere. We'd actually be less willing to travel.
0: You know what? I completely agree, and i' i'm gonna I'm gonna turn that to another thing that I think there's been a lot of studies on recently is that when you think of how accessible online dating is, so you have all these different ways that you can talk to whoever you want to but right now most generations are having the least amount of sex and they're not getting into long term relationships people don't know how to date correctly anymore or to be in a relationship anymore but it's the most accessible it has ever been because you don't have to find somebody who lives right next to you you can find someone anywhere you can constantly be looking for your soulmate but because of how accessible it is, you might never ever find it or you might get bored and stop looking. And I think that's exactly what would happen with travel.
1: Yeah, because the thing is like now, because you can date and it's so easy, now it's like the possibilities are endless. And so that's the thing. Like now, you know, the the possibilities of, tra- of traveling are so endless that it's just easier not to travel anywhere because it's like... I- <laughs> I, I, i'll think of I'll, here's another analogy too um or another another example because i was just watching this tv show it's like literally my favorite tv show of all time it's king of queens huh. uh, i sorry i
0: did not expect that to come out of your mouth when you said it was your favorite of all time
1: <laughs> it is actually my favorite of all time i actually go to sleep at night with headphones or with uh one apple headphone not not wireless I'm not a wireless guy i don't like that bluetooth shit ah. but um uh, thing. I have one e- headphone in, and I fall asleep to King of Queens almost every single night. It's All like right. my com- comfort show. I, it's really good. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen it before. It's yeah, very comforting. Um, but anyways, there's a there's a an episode where the main character Doug gets a they get they get satellite TV for the first time. I mean, we're talking this is a night this, this is the first ep- first season's from 1999, so it's old. Wow. Okay it was the first season of 99, they get a satellite dish. And so for the first time, he's getting more than like six channels on his TV. And so he basically is sitting there going through all the different channels. Like there's like a thousand channels and he gets so overwhelmed that it's actually like, I think they end up turning the satellite in because it was like too much. It was too much stimuli. Too many options that he didn't know what to do with it. So having a limited a limited concept of your life is like almost more beneficial. So I love, I love like, I love this topic because it's, it's, it's so important. I think people really are so overstimulated that they don't know what to actually do with themselves. And I feel like it's just only getting worse. Like we, I was just having a conversation today with my buddy um talking about AI, you know, and chat GPT and stuff. And yeah. like, feel like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a future teller, but or a but I I I do feel like it's going to get to a point where people have so much endless possibilities on Chat GPT that they're not even going to use it anymore because there's too much to do. But I, I could be completely wrong. But it's like it's like the same thing with Google. You have all of this stuff at your fingertips, but you're not even willing to do it because it's so endless and there's too much going on. It's too stimulating for your brain, and you just end up. Not even right. I don't know. It's just how I how I look at it. But I I think that I'm I'm partially wrong as well. I just well, (laughs) well, no.
0: I like I like what you're saying. I I personally I do not like anything AI. Really, like I I like the idea of what Chat GPT and I I really have not used it to explore its its capabilities and whatnot. But when it comes to AI music ai art ai stories all that kind of stuff that's what i don't like i i know we can you and i have talked hollywood before you know we've talked about star wars movies and and all that kind of stuff you know you made the thanos reference and everything and we can certainly talk about the quote-unquote superhero fatigue and you know all that stuff going on but even though people might copy each other or use elements of something to create something new and, and as you know, Hollywood, the music industry, everything right now is based on nostalgia. So every single franchise or whatever has been a brand is, is making its way to, you know, this is number 10 sequel and this is a franchise coming to be re- rebooted for the fourth time. It'll still make money because of the name of it. But I still, when you think of AI making music, when you talk about the passion and you talk about everything that's supposed to be in music or in movies or TV, I, I don't really want AI doing that. Like, I, I want to be able to tell the difference between a human being doing it and, you know, and a computer, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too old school about it, but I, I didn't like that whole phase where everyone was sharing AI images and stuff. The only thing I thought the whole time was that AI image is just stealing from real artists. And and that's the kind of thing that I I don't know. I don't I don't want it to happen.
1: Yeah, I, it it's totally understandable. I so I I have these conversations with my buddy um a lot and he he's he's really he does a lot of the same stuff that that I do. Um and we've talked about this multiple times in the sense that when it comes to music, when it comes to art, there is there is a bit of coolness to it because it's like it like, for example, I don't know if you've heard of splice splice is a website that you can go and get tons of samples. Oh, you pay like a chin and you can get samples of drums or whatever instrument you're looking for. And there'll be like, there'll be loops too, like tons of loops. So like a loop of like a violin doing this or a loop of a trumpet doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like, it's huge, like it's a huge thing. And and him and I actually work and we, we build sample packs and put them on, well, we've been, our goal is to get them on Splice. We have one pack on, Splice, on okay. Splice. We make money off of it, it's pretty cool. But like anyone can just take our samples that we ourselves created, put them into their song and they could technically make a Grammy nominated record off of our samples and we would never get any credit for it because it's royalty free. Right. In a way, like we look at that and we go, when it comes to the AI thing, like we're like, yeah, it's it's kind of stealing. It's totally bullshit. But the cool thing about Splice is it provides you with, uh, like a, an idea of where to expand with it. And when it comes to the AI art, um, I think it's I think it's pretty shitty actually. But for some people, they're actually using it to create um, ideas, and then they'll they'll take the AI art and then they'll actually build their own concept of what it is like like your profile picture right here that i'm looking at on the zoom call oh yeah like this could have been like this probably definitely wasn't inspired by ar but what, what the thing is that you start there and then you build off of it and sure. so it's like a, a starting template to begin with but people are abusing it and it, that's where it gets really shady but the other thing that we were talking about today was that Music is so subjective that I don't think AI can really um, create music the way that we're expecting it to. And I I know that people keep saying it's it's progressing so fast, but I think that one thing that's going to be really hard for AI to ever do is create the next trend. There'll never be anything that creates something that hasn't existed yet. And so... Hmm. So then you're focused and that, that might be that might start a whole new thing. Like people are gonna be like going so ape shit on like what is like the new trend, trying to figure it out. So I don't know. We already have that though. Like I'm just thinking of a band, uh Clown Core. Have you heard of Clown Core?
0: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: No, you haven't heard Clown Core. <laughs> no, no. I just I just watched a video of them. They did like a show. I didn't even know they played shows. You should look up Clown Core because oh. it's one of the coolest things. They've been around for like ten years. Wow. Okay. But it's it's a. I'm pretty sure the the drummer is a guy named Lewis Cole, who is a artist that I really like. I don't listen to metalcore or heavy music very really much. I I listen to like jazz and funky music. But he had. I think he. No one can claim that he is the person of this band. But yeah, it's called Clowncore, and it's like just making fun of like shit. But okay. that imagine. People trying to do to stay like AI not connected is like they're going <laughs> to start like the most obscure, weird shit that can possibly happen so that they start a trend. And then because the AI will be taking over, but I don't know.
0: No, I I get that I I'm definitely going to be looking on clowncore by the way. That that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I I I have tried I tried to stay out of the whole AI music thing, but I did see and I can't even I won't I'm not going to give them credit anyways, but I, I don't even remember what the name of the band was. But there was some band that put into AI they paid for it, right? They they paid whatever amount of money and they had AI listen to like I don't know, thousands of hours of Linkin Park live and Linkin Park albums and whatnot, and then some pop punk or something, like some of their music or something. And then they put it all together and had an AI generated song. So it was the lyrics, the vocals, the music, all the instruments, everything. And they made a song with it. And I believe they put it out. Um, I only heard a clip of it because I didn't really want to hear anymore. But I would be lying to you if I didn't say that was the next Linkin Park. Because that's that's how good AI is. And I guarantee you that if you heard the song, you would not know that it was AI unless someone told you it was.
1: Yeah, they did the same thing with Kanye West. He did a, someone like just took a beat and then did his own voiceover and then added the AI Kanye West filter. Oh, and it's okay. just, that was really scary to see. But here's the thing. I think what's going to end up happening is, it's uh, I think Twitch things like Twitch are going to become really big Mm -hmm. because I think start happening is people are going to similar to speed running. I love speed running stuff like, like Super Mario 64. It's going to be similar where people are going to actually film themselves creating a record on Twitch to prove to people that they did it organically without AI. Ah, okay. That's the next thing because people are going to start to go, how do I know that you didn't just use AI to create this record? Okay, well, here's like 300 hours of Twitch streams that show us sitting in a room, writing this record ourselves. I think that's going to become the next step. And I think that's going to be like the new, like organic sense is like, but then you could say, well, how do you know that like the video footage isn't
0: just, (laughs) yeah?
1: you go down a wormhole of that. But uh, I think that, I think that that's where it's going to go next. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if our band actually does something like that, where we decide to do, um, like a, a, a full on stream of us recording the next record that we do wow. front to back percent, because I know that this is only going to get worse. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that we're organic as much as possible.
0: So yeah. who knows? No, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, that I was thinking I don't even want to talk about some of the stuff because I don't want to give people ideas, but there's so many things that you can do with AI. There's also so many things that you would have to prove out. That makes everything so much more difficult. What's kind of funny about bringing up having to record, you know, yourself writing stuff is that's what used to be included in a lot of old school albums, right? When you would get like a deluxe edition of something. A lot of it would be, you know, here's an extra CD or DVD with all of our behind the scenes writing this album. So it's almost like we've gone full circle once again and brought back nostalgia.
1: Yeah. And I think honestly, art's going to become much more cherished and loved mm-hmm. because people want the human element. No one wants to be dealing with robots. Like we just don't. I mean, like, uh, look how shitty that freaking Roomba is at <laughs> There's just so many things. Um, like the human touch is something different. Like right. no one, not going to be able to teach um, certain things to. I mean, I could be speaking out of turn because every single time I say that AI comes out and makes something better, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I think this whole topic is, is exhausted.
0: No <laughs> well, I can I can at least say it hasn't been exhausted on this show because I haven't talked about it a whole lot. so I can I can certainly tell you that. But I mean, look, I listen I have a I have a long commute, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm going to work and, and from work. So I've been going through like all of Stephen King's books because I've always been a huge fan. But what I did was I also started collecting his books in book form as well. And trying to find unique versions and all that kind of stuff because there really is nothing like, and now I guess we're going to sound really old and stuff, but there's nothing like cracking open a book or seeing that book. Like there is something about
1: that and it's almost gone. Yeah, it doesn't really exist. Like I, like books are just kind of they're all online. They're just PDF files now. I mean, they've been like that for a while, but right. there's there's something about seeing a library full of books. That's I've actually been passively collecting DVDs. Oh, really? Yes. I also do the same. <laughs> like format of something. It's like tangible. It feels sincere and like I think a lot of people in this generation don't understand that you know, the internet exists, but it could technically just die out at any time. Like it could just not exist because, you mm-hmm. know, um, well, then I guess the power grid would be out. So then DVDs won't even work. But then if you, you go that have, route,
0: yeah, if you go the route of that the uh, electricity is the reason why the internet goes out, but maybe the internet goes out because of some weird, crazy
1: virus or something. It could be something like that. Like um, you never know. Uh, like, yeah but you know even if even if the power did go out like there's generators you know gas and anyways it's just nice to have (laughs) physical tangible things i don't like things being in the cloud per se uh i always back up my files three times i have two hard drives that i back or i two i back up on two hard drives, and then I have my Dropbox that has a third one in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So I am very safe with everything I do. I always want a tangible thing, and then I will have the cloud thing so I can access it you know, in different parts of the world if I need to. But tangible things are incredibly important. I think people have lost the concept of that. And it's sad because you can't really teach someone something they don't understand. And it's become so insanely uh, crazy that you can't actually explain to someone that to create music, a needle needs to go over a vinyl, and and the bumps on the vinyl create that sound. Like that is such a, a weird concept to people. Like they don't get it, and uh, it's it's kind of sad because if shit hits the fan, uh, I, I'm very scared for what that generation's gonna do. Oh yeah, <laughs> <It's not> gonna... <laughs> no,
0: they're gonna go either completely crazy or completely even more mundane. So I I totally get that. Now by the way, so I was never a huge vinyl person. But I I started doing it, especially for any, any artists that I had on the show, I would pick up their vinyl and I've been trying to listen to more vinyls. I, I, I'm still not good at really like hearing a huge difference, uh, with, with what I'm listening to, but I appreciate the technology behind it. And I actually just, I got your vinyl. I mean, I know it's not here yet, but I purchased, you know, again, Uh, And I look forward to, I I saw the kind of artwork and everything, I look forward to going through the lyrics and listening to it front to back on vinyl and comparing it to what I've been doing with your music now, which is, I actually created like a playlist that had every song that you have on again, I also put its counterpart on a playlist as well. So I think that was something that was interesting uh, with what you guys did.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, dude, I honestly, I think CDs are the coolest thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like old school, put
0: a CD into your car. Yeah. Cause look, I, I, I do it sometimes too. I, I am guilty. I think you and I Dawson are often on the same wavelength. So (laughs) I think, I think we talked about doing a podcast together at one point.
1: I think we might have
0: to do that for old school nostalgia stuff
1: yeah yeah no we love i i we definitely share a same wavelength i love cds um we got we got our cds in to sell on this little we did like an album release thing mm-hmm. and uh it's it's really cool because cds just have that eclectic at least for millennials and and maybe just partially gen z cds just really have this awesome way of like the 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 like vinyls are cool, but I'm not a vinyl guy because I never grew up with vinyl, like the older generation. Same. So to me, vinyls now doesn't make sense to me. But CDs, there's something about it. And I was just talking about how the CDR thing, like having like a whole briefcase of like those flip things where you I, have CDR after CDR after CDR. I of, still like, have it. <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> nope. I, I love the, the CDs that we got for this new record. And uh, I was selling, you know, we were selling up at the show, and a lot of people are just like, dude, I love CDs. They're just so much fun. I might not even put this in my CD player, but I just love how small and compact they are. They're not like vinyl where it takes up space. Sure. They just kind of sit around. I don't know. It's it's interesting.
0: No, it, it definitely is. Now, did you get into the craze of,
1: I, I think it's kind of gone away now, but the craze of the cassettes? the the cassette thing is kind of like i i think cassettes are they might come back but i feel like they're a gimmick like they're just trying to be vinyl i feel like cd though is still like relevant because mm-hmm. most people most people still have cd players in their cars a lot of new people don't but anyone that's anyone that's driving anything Before 2012 still has a CD player Mm -hmm. in the car, uh, but those cars don't have tape players. The only people that are going to have tape players are anyone that's before 2005. Yeah, what? Yeah, five, yeah. Two, Uh, two, something else. I only only drive old cars. So I have a 2003 Suburban, and I have a 1991 Nissan 4x4. And I used to have my But yeah, all that tape players for sure. No, that makes, I, that makes
0: sense.
1: I think the tape thing's kinda weird because you gotta play the whole thing from front to back, uh, and you gotta rewind it. And that's cool. It's like a VHS for audio, but CDs for some reason are just kind of cool because you can kinda just skip around but that makes sense. I think yeah. I think ahead. this whole conversation though is so counterintuitive because all I'm doing is like um I'm technically just uh screwing my whole argument over because <laughs> a lot in all of this. <laughs>
0: Well, then let's leave that for now, for sure. Uh, So you mentioned you mentioned selling the the CD at the uh, the release party, right, or the release show that you did very recently. So I think you sold that out, right? How did that show go?
1: It was awesome. Yeah, Spokane's always been like our hometown. And I, I love um, I just love the community that comes out to see us and uh it was just really fun. It was really fun to see some old faces. And uh, it's just it's just cool to see new faces, too. There's a lot of new people there. But yeah, Spokane was awesome. It's super cool. And then,
0: like we talked about, you're not doing any like major tours, but you have a tour coming up in the summer. Do you kind of see that going that way of like, hey... You'll kinda of make time when you have the ability to kinda of do a short run, you know, take some time, then do another short run kind of that schedule? Yeah, we
1: we just all of us have jobs, all of us have careers, uh, and we also most of us are married and have kids. And Kyle has two kids now. Parker's getting married at the end of July. Oh nice. Uh I'm married. You know, it's just there's just a lot of stuff going on. And so, you know, realistically we just don't see ourselves doing the whole six week like touring schedule that a lot of bands used to do back in the day a lot of bands are actually not doing that kind of anymore either like it's kind of phased back a little bit could be because of covid but financially it's really rough you know it's hard to take that much time off work uh with the gas prices and and just how little you make at a show uh unless you're like huge it's just it's just not feasible. So I think we're really just trying to be strategical with the shows that we do play. And we have things like potentially in the works, but they're not anything like full U S tours. And if we were to do a U.S. tour, it would be something that would involve like, you know, a supporting type deal where we play with a bigger band Uh, because we're just not at the level that makes logical sense to headline like, anything huge so we're just trying to be safe and try to be um i don't know like understanding of the realism of us touring full-time right that makes now sense we have like like tj for example he he had brain surgery last right. year and yeah, yeah he's you know he, he has to be careful he has to get you know uh tested quite often to make sure that that isn't coming back uh, whatever he had um, and then, you know, Kyle, for example, Kyle, it's interesting because Kyle has a, I actually have it too, but he has a disease or a disorder, or whatever it's called. Um, it's it's called Leiden factor five. It's a blood clotting thing. And he sits in a, if he sits down for too long, he'll actually build blood clots in his legs, which oh, is very. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: he has to take like medication. Um, but also he can't sit for too long. So we always have like, he has to get out of the vehicle. It's just a lot of little things. We're getting older. We're just old. (laughs) We're we're not even like, I'm 31, but Kyle just turned 30 and we feel old and it's just how life works, you know?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, look, I'm, I'm very glad that TJ is, is better back in, you know, back in the band. That's awesome to hear. He, he was performing with you, right?
1: Yeah, no, he's totally fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's great to hear. So I'm glad that everything is is good now. It was really cool to see him back with everything, for sure.
1: Yeah, he's, he's doing good, and he's very—he's awesome. He's
0: an awesome guy. That's great. All right, Dawson, well, look, I mean, I, I just looked at the time. It seems like now is probably a good time with people's attention spans. I know I've said that on the show before a lot. But before we go, I definitely wanted to check. I mean, obviously, you just had the brand-new album again, Come out through Solid State just very, very recently. You have new music. You have plenty of stuff for people to check out. You have the uh, short run tour coming up in the summer. But I guess what do you see as a future
1: of the band as well? Have you thought that far ahead? I mean, we definitely loved recording this record and and creating it. And I'd only see um, more of that happening. And then on top of that, too, like we really want to start just content wise um more music videos uh anything that just kind of keeps us like showing what we're doing uh it's also 2023 which is the 10 year of saloon so there's going to be cool stuff happening around that as well so stay tuned for some cool potential 10 year stuff of saloon very cool yeah We we have some tour stuff that we're trying to figure out and uh But yeah, all around, we're just we're just so stoked to be back and it's going to be fun. That's awesome, man. I I
0: love hearing this. I've been looking forward to to getting the opportunity to talk to you again. Uh, It's just I know for what we talk about is like we talk about the music, you know, I'm a big fan of the band, but I also know you like talking about other things as well. And I always enjoy that on the show, too. So I always enjoy having you on. So I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can, you know, not only follow you guys on social media so that you know when tours are coming out, when new music videos are coming out. Maybe, I don't know if you're going to sell the CD. Your vinyls might have already sold out because I know it was kind of a limited run. But if any stuff is available for that, any merch is available, I will have those links as well. But until then, what is the best way for people to
1: support you guys? I mean, I would say if you just go to our website, younglingconcept dot com. Um, there's, if you go to it, you'll probably see like a, a pop up that comes up to subscribe to like our our mailing list. Mm-hmm. I think a good way to keep up with us is just to subscribe to that, and then we'll be emailing you maybe cool stuff. You can also put your phone number in there too, and then you get text from us if you want as well. But <laughs> uh, I think if you really want to keep up to date with us, like go to our website, check us out. I, I really feel like at this time um, in, in the world right now, the websites are so important because the social media is so convoluted with so many things that are happening that you really don't always get to see the full frame of what everyone is doing in a band mm-hmm. and websites are coming back. So if you if you go to our website, you can buy merch and you can see what we're doing tour-wise and see all our new music videos and just keep up to date with everything that we're doing. You get it all in one single website rather than facebook or instagram or twitter so
0: <laughs> yeah no man that's great and yeah i will obviously definitely have that link there for everyone as well so once again dawson it was great catching up with you i i love the album i told you that when it came out and i just i've been listening to it on repeat it's one of my favorites so i i really appreciate you having have it wow wow i can't speak i really appreciate having you on the show and going on the tangents Uh, that I know we do. So once again, man, thank you so much and all the best with everything.
1: I can't wait to have you on the show again. Thanks Ian. Yeah. And, uh, I, I totally understand, uh, the, the speaking problems. I was having them earlier on the show, so (laughs) you're good.
0: You're just, you're just copying me. I'm fine with that. I feel much better now. (laughs)